WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. Okay, we got it going now. Uh, and joining me on the phone right now, always uh, one of my favorite guests uh, on the to have on the program, uh, a wealth of knowledge to share with guests and uh, uh, tackle Terry Tuma. Thank you very much for being on the show this morning, Terry. Uh, always glad to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Kevin. It's always great to visit with you and all of the listeners to Talking Fishing. Yes, yes. Uh, we uh, we uh, what a uh, what a great time of year to get out on the water. Yeah, it really is, and I'm hearing some pretty awesome bites taking place right now, including a river system for walleyes, and we had some great success on the river for smallmouth bass and also big crappies. So it's been uh, uh, the fall pattern is really shaping up. I'm hearing a lot of comments about. Uh, not only uh, sunfish, but definitely big crappies on several bodies of water. Now, I, I, I do want to ask you too. Just given the river conditions, I mean, we've we've experienced this low water pretty much all season long. You know, how has that affected? You know, how has this made the 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 fall season? Uh, you know, how has it kind of turned it into such a good bite? Well, I think part of it, you know, obviously we got reduced uh, wa- uh, water flow and also uh, the amount of water. I know uh, the marina in Lake City said this is probably a month and a half ago, Kevin. It was six and a half feet down. That's official readings. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, therefore, then I, it's, I really believe it sort of confines the fish in certain areas, but also can relocate them. Always remember no food, no fish, and that's a big, big factor. And, you know, I know that uh, several anglers were struggling uh, fishing the river system for walleyes, but uh, the walleyes, you know, and I just heard some comments that they're up by the dam right now, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little bit early, but here again, too, I think, we, you know, we've got such uh, unusual weather pattern. That's part of the factor, but we have to, and like with the smallmouth bass and the crappies and so forth, they really are still orientating uh, to the uh, rocks, and typical uh, structural locations, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and obviously, like you said, you know, no food, no fish, you know, and, and how is that, a, you know, what are you seeing in terms of, of you know, the, the bait fish, you know, the same kind of, you know, I guess shallow is sort well, of relative in terms of, of you know, the, the bait fish, too. Well, yes, it is. There's no question. And the gizzard chatter is just unbelievably uh, well-populated in, in the river system. It's just amazing. And if you really watch these um, factors, and one thing I do want to mention before I forget, Kevin, I'm going to uh, sort of uh, evade the question for temporarily, but is that, you know, and I maintain this for uh, many bodies of water, if you got active bait fish, you're going to have a good bite. For instance, if you, you know, and a good example, I really monitor this very, very closely on the river system. If you got gizzard chat, I was really, you know, dimpling the water, if you will, coming to the surface, uh, movement in of the gizzard chat, uh, that is going to tell us we got a pretty good bite. On a day where the gizzard chat are hardly evident, that's going to be a tougher bite. And that just because of, you know, the weather conditions, just a time frame of the year, water temperature. Same thing fishing on inland bodies of water. If you're safe, you're fishing for bass, for instance, and you are using plastic, and you're getting all these uh, bites, if you will, but they're not bass bites. They just are tickling uh, the plastic, and that's usually an indicator on your sunfish, or it could be, perch or whatever it may be and that's all if that's happening a lot 
you're going to anticipate a good bite. If it's not existent, you got a tough bite faced mm-hmm. with you. Okay. And, and so, so now what, uh, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit, uh, you know, talking about river systems and, and walleyes. What uh, what sort of things, you know, you talked about them moving up on the dams. Are you seeing them, you know, you know, for the most part, have they moved up on, uh, you know, closer to the dams now? Or, or are they still kind of, you know, maybe hovering around some of those channel openings or uh, wing dams? Or, or where are you seeing them at this point? Well, right now, uh, one is uh, riprap areas and not located only by the dam. We've had some great success casting crankbaits, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once you start to see that moment, this is where uh, a friend of mine was up this week, uh, just below the Red Wing Dam, and he caught uh, had some awfully good boy fishing. And I didn't ask him what, but I'm sure it was a jig and a minnow, because uh, he does uh, employ that a ton and, and got some nice wallies. But here again, too, you know, it varies a lot, too, Kevin. You know, I think we as anglers get too focused on one pattern, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, meaning, you know, location, meaning specific baits and lures. Oh, sure. That's one of the mistakes we as anglers uh, make for fishing history. We do not want to fish history. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I, and I, I, I do the same thing, fall into those 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 habits and, and, you know, like, oh, hey, I went out yesterday and did this and this, and oh, I'm going out today, I'll just do the same thing and, you know, and yeah, it's you fall into those those ruts, if you will, and and chances are you're not going to have the same kind of success that, or you know, that you maybe had the day before. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's exactly right, Kevin. And a good friend of mine also uh, uh, hasn't uh, recently fished bass tournaments, but fished several bass tournaments. And he told me here some time ago uh, we were talking about you know trying new. Experience. Uh, baits and new locations and so forth and I mentioned to him I said you know if the fish are really going that's when we're going to try a new lure a new bait uh, because otherwise we have no idea if they're going to work or not work and he said to me he said yeah but I can't do that he said if the fish are biting on what I'm using I'm going to stay with that and I understand that count you know that mm-hmm. that level of, of confidence sure. but also too if we want to learn we need to open up our uh, experimentation and see what else is going to help us catch fish. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Yeah, me. Yeah, if you find. Yep, I, 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 I see both both sides of that particular coin, uh, if you will. Yeah, you know, you, you've got the fish. You're you're having success, but at the same time, you know, those fish are in that positive feeding mode, and it's like, well, yeah, let's maybe give that a try and see what you know if this works. And and yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting. I guess it's a good problem to have, you know, if you will. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you're right. It is a good good problem to have. But also, too, what it does, it really opens up our knowledge stream, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. And it's going to help us uh, increase success throughout the whole given year. You know, that's also a, a fact, too. We've had so many questions about color. Does it really work? Does it, uh, do we need to change color? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. Uh, I've done some experimentation on the river again, casting crankbaits. I have one a color crankbait, same, just with the same shape, same profile, and same area of about three blocks. Casting crankbaits, I had some real good success with one color. So I'm going to just go and try a different color. I think I only caught two, went uh, back with a different crankbait, got none, went back to another crankbait. I think I only caught one, then went back to the original color and just had some great success. Mm-hmm. So it also gives us an opportunity to really 
and you know, do some experimentation, what really works and what doesn't work. But then, you know, we should also ask ourselves, why did it work? Why were the fish responding to that versus another bait or lure? Mm-hmm. Now, just out of curiosity, too, just again, given the, the I, I think, sort of unique conditions that we've had this year with, with the low water, you know, with the, the color choices, obviously we haven't had the, you know, I, I more traditional, if you will, deeper water, you know, with those color choices, I, I, I think that would make sort of a, more of a, a, become more of a factor this with this with these kinds of of conditions you know uh, in terms of of a lure choice those colors would become much more of a factor uh with the shallower water and the shallower conditions yes, yes and i think part of it too kevin is too with um, um colors is that what we have to recognize first of all you know the old adage match the hatch well that's many times on a given body of water it may be a good choice but it's not always the case you know now, the shad colors are always productive on the river system, uh, you know, imitating the gizzard chat. But then on the other hand, you know, on a body, inland body of water, it could be a sunfish uh, being a food source, it could be crappie being a food source, it could be uh, shiners being a food source. So here again, we have, it's a good starting point, Kevin, mm-hmm. but what we have to do, if we're not having any success, we've got to change. We don't want to get hung out to dry with one bait or lure, and then say, well, the fish really weren't biting today, and they probably were. We just didn't try a different a bait color. Mm-hmm. Yep, ex- exactly. You know, and 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 one other thing, when 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 we talked earlier in the week too, and and uh, I do want to kind of shift gears a, a, a little bit as well. Uh, one of the things that that we talked about, and and obviously we're we're we're, we're talking about river fishing, and and you know, we're guys are still headed out on the the boats and things like that is. Is uh, you know we're not that far away from <laughs> from that time uh, when uh, when we've got to get the the boats put away for the year and you know we're, you know I, I think you, I think you mentioned when we talked the other day too that uh, you you put one of your boats away for the year already and uh, just the importance of you know doing certain things to get those boats ready for uh, uh, for winter storage. And uh, so let's okay. let's talk a little bit about that uh, while I'm while I'm thinking about it here. Okay, yeah, that's great. Yes, and we've also had them. We can also address this too. Some question: How long can I use my boat throughout the winter time? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing we can sure yeah. talk about. And yes, I also put the other boat away, the smaller boat away too. Uh, and I just uh, one is a time factor. I do a lot of shore fishing, so I'm looking forward to that. And I don't want to really get caught in any snowstorms like last year. I was I had the boat winterized, putting it through a snowstorm, uh, and I just do not want to go through that anymore. It just creates too many issues. But when you're talking about storing a boat, you know if you're going to do it yourself or if you're going to have a marine dealer do it, you know changing the lower unit oil and filter, uh, any necessary uh, mechanical issue with the outboard, uh, maybe look at your prop. Did you get any line wound up behind that prop? Mm-hmm. That's one thing I think sometimes we just ignore, which can cause some seal problem. And if you got water or that lower unit sort of grayish and, or whitish in color, that oil, that means you might have a leak, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something else you need to really take a look at. The other is um, if, if you do it yourself or whatever, uh, storage-wise, is I disconnect the batteries. Uh, here again, too, you know, some of them, the Vexus boats that we run, 
have a shutoff, so we don't have to be concerned about that. But also a lot of questions about should I take those batteries out and put them in a warmer storage area? Not necessary if you disconnect them. And the other two is uh, if you're going to store it outside with a, a tarp or boat cover, do not cover it with another cover like a you know like a blue inexpensive tarp. Uh, but that, what that does is create moisture, and then you got some mildew problems inside the boat. Mm-hmm. Another is make sure you drop your cooling motor down and drain all the water out of that. Just drop it down. And the other thing, but if once you're doing it with your lower uh, with your lower unit, it just makes sure that everything looks or doesn't need any uh, lubrication. Those are all factors we should understand. And of course, putting stabilizer in your fuel. That's another ingredient. Mm-hmm. And and I'm you know making like you know I'm guessing you know making sure your live well is all drained and everything is all the all the water is drained out of the places that it needs to be drained out of and and things like that as well. Yes, you're right. And you know what you can do is hit the bilge pump. Just don't run it, but just off and on real quickly. Mm-hmm. The same thing with your uh, live well, you know, and wipe everything out. The other the marine that we work with, they put RV on if you're in the live well system to make sure that the pumps do not freeze up, which is uh, good, but they've had some experiences, they said, where the live well actually pump does actually freeze, and so they're, now they're running uh, RV antifreeze through them. Yeah, I can see where, yeah, and then, yeah, where those uh, where those lines would, any kind of those those lines would freeze up and, and I'm sure crack and, you don't you don't want leaks in there in the uh, once you uh, once you get back into the spring and get that boat in the water. No, that would no, be. you don't. You and uh, it's a very inexpensive way to avoid any um, uh, inexpenses. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, yeah, and then you know, and and you know, there's you know things that you should do too. You know, for the 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 besides the boat, the the trailer. You know, make sure that the you know the the lights are all working. The trailer is up to snuff and. You know, make sure that that's uh, good to go as well. So, yeah, and I think the other thing too, and that's a very, very good uh, comment, Kevin, is look at your tires. I think that's mm-hmm. something that, you know, we talk about wheel bearings constantly, but look at your tire wear. I think it's so important for us to check that. It's often overlooked. And the other thing, when I put it into final storage, I'll loosen up the transom tie downs and also the bow strap because I really feel that there's no need to have that throughout the whole time it's sitting in the winter storage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no point. Yeah, it's not going to be going anywhere, and no point in putting all that stress on it. To yeah, I I see your I see your point on on that one. And then uh, anything else as far as as getting those boats ready that uh, maybe we haven't touched on here? Not really. I think you know if you know some uh, repair work or something you'd like to do, maybe. Uh, um, add another uh, rod mount a holder or you know anything of that sort. Uh, cleaning up your uh, liquid crisp graph, the faces of those. Are uh, using and what I use, I use uh, the cleaner, not the cleaner, but the cloth for glasses mm-hmm. uh, to clean a lens cleaner. Yeah. And so I use that uh, to clean those uh, faces. You do not want to press on those, however, because uh, that can ruin that display. Mm-hmm. But just lightly touching and cleaning. Do not use, uh, like, um, what you say, uh, any kind of, uh, you know, dish soap and water or vinegar and water. Uh, you want to stay away from that 100%. But just lightly with that lens cleaner, uh, that cloth works extremely, extremely well. But avoid pressing on those uh, face of those units. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Make sure the, uh, 
electronics, yeah, take care, take care of that stuff. It doesn't uh, doesn't react well to some of those chemicals. That's for sure. Yeah, and the other thing too, I know a few people take their units off their electronic units before you go into storage, mm-hmm. and there's no sense in doing that. You know, the hard, uh, the cold winters do not affect those units at all. Mm-hmm. And if you got the batteries disconnected, you're in fine shape. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Terry, I've got to uh, wind things up here, but uh, I always appreciate uh, I always appreciate you being on the the program here this morning. Thank you so much for uh, for sharing your knowledge with us, and uh, as always, uh, I, I I always appreciate you uh, you coming on and, and 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 chatting with me. And uh, thank you so much. So it's well, you're welcome, Tim. It's always great to visit with you and to all of our listeners. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the boat. While you can. Yes, yes, indeed. And we will uh, we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Kevin. All right, take care. And uh, I've got to wrap things up here for WKTY Outdoors. You have yourself a tremendous weekend. And uh, i got to take a, a, a quick break, and then uh, uh, we are going to – I've got to take a cup, uh, quick break and then uh, wind things up for this Saturday. You're, have yourself a tremendous weekend, and uh, we'll see you next Saturday on WKTY Outdoors. You have yourself a great weekend. WKTY we'll see you next Saturday. WKTY Outdoors. Brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma. He'll tell you where the fish are biting. Just go in and ask. As kids, you spent your autumns bobbing for apples. While you were belly up to that trough, I was hanging off the side of a boat bobbing for fish. I never did catch one, though. Years later, some guy tells me to go to Roscoe's Live Bait. They helped me find a pole, tackle, and a whole bunch of other goodies, too. Wouldn't you know it, that made fishing a whole lot easier. Fall fishing is even better when you don't fall in. Cast your line as the air cools with Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma. Stop in to get the gear you need and to find out where they're biting. Roscoe's, it's where everyone goes.